0: Shalom, and I hope all is well. My name is Yitzhak Shifman. Thanks for tuning into this podcast, and I hope you enjoy the Torah classes in it. Now, on to the episode. Today's daf, Mesechiz Bavakama, is daf chaf. We're going to have three sections in today's daf. The first section we're going to actually continue, from where we left off on your testament base, talking about damages that are considered normal and not normal, and then distinguishing based on that between Shane and Karen. We'll discuss that. The second, we'll discuss two parts of the Mishnah, which is the consumption of clothing, and if there is responsibility in public domain, we'll see. And also the payment of what the animal benefited, even if you're not paying the damage that it caused. And there's a distinction there. And the final section will actually be a long sugya that will begin today, which is about where someone benefits in a situation that the one who he received benefit from doesn't necessarily lose. And this is a fascinating slogan. We'll bring a bunch of raya's trying to support the positions. But we're, be- we're going to begin. The top of Hahubarta, Aleph, Excuse me. So we left off yesterday. The last thing we mentioned was that we had distinguished in the Mishnah between normative shame and abnormal shame. So, where an animal eats something that's normal, we say, and you'd have to pay. But we said if it ate, for example, uh, clothing, uh, garments, items, uh, vessels, or if it ate in an abnormal way, so that would be considered mishuna. that's not a normative shein, that would be considered karen, and then again, like we said, it would depend on the domain. If it's in private domain, then that's a debate, Karen bishus HaNizak. Public domain, Karen, you're Chayev. Shane in public domain, we know that you're putter actually. Just to remember, Shane is something that's allowed, your animal's allowed to eat while it goes in its normative way, so you're not Chayev for Shein B'Shosh But if it's Karen, you would be Chayev, so therefore we'll have to distinguish between what's considered normal versus abnormal to be Chayev B'Shosh HaRabim. So the Gemara picks up Chaf Aleph, there was a goat that saw a turnip on the top of a barrel. So the goat saw this turnip on top of a barrel. Uh, it clawed its way up and it ascended onto the barrel. So it ate the turnip and it broke the barrel. Now the Gemara understands... Yeah, the the not like this. The consumption of the turnip is a normal thing. That's a normal thing. It eats a turnip, but it also broke the barrel. So the Gemara tells us, Chayve Rava Alifta veAdana nezek shalim. Rava made this fellow, the owner of the goat, responsible both for the turnip as well as for the barrel nezek <laughs> shalim. Now, why would he be chayve nezek shalim? this had to have been brishus nezek I want to point out because the. Um, the shein otherwise wouldn't be responsible. So my time he says the Gemara, what's the reasoning that you're responsible now? Shein, you're responsible makes sense because shein brishos hanizak. You're responsible, but why was he responsible also for breaking the barrel nezek shalim? That's the Shiloh. if it's a tam, breaking the barrel is not a normative. That's not consumption. So why would you be responsible for breaking the barrel nezek shalim? Gemara says, de orchi le The Gemara says, like this: since it's its way to consume the turnip. Or It's also its way to climb up and break the barrel. Meaning, we look at the breakage of the barrel as an extension of a normative behavior. That's not a anomaly. That's not a different or aberration, which would be karen nazek. Memela, you'd be nazek sholim for that as well. That would either fall under Shane or Regal, but either way, it's not an aberration, which would be karen or chayef nazek sholim for that as well. Similar vein. Omar ilfa. Behema Rishus HaRabim. So now let's talk about in Rishus HaRabim. Ilfa says, if you have a behema, an animal in the public domain. Now again, to remember, in public domain, your putter for shame, because my animal's allowed to be there, you put food out, my animal eats it, too bad on you. But the case we're going to discuss over here is a unique situation where an animal is walking and there's food on its back, okay, and it's trailer attached to it. Another animal reaches over and eats from within the animal, the food that's on the back of the other animal. So do we look at that as Rishus Harabim, or is that private domain because it's in your property? So, if you have an animal in public domain and it stretches out its neck and it eats food that was on the back of an alter- another person's animal so there's food on another person on Shimon's animal's back and Reuven's animal goes and eats food off its back say so you would be responsible Right? this is shame however we're going to say this is considered an aberration an abnormal thing to do so it's not cla- Classified as normative Shane is mishune, and even in public domain, you'd be responsible. My time of what's the reason? So the Gemara says, because in regards to its friend, it's considered Chatzur nizak So it's like Shane, but it's as if that food is considered in ha HaNizak, in the private person's domain, and you're Chayev for Shane, Bechatzur HaNizak. Says the Gemara, Le'em Now, I just want to clarify. So it's not because it's an aberration, it's because it's we look at that food as if it's in private person's domain, so the well, owner of the first well, animal is responsible, and, right? Let us say a proof to this, so the b'risa says, a proof to this p'sak of ilfa, it says like this, the b'risa says, if a person was carrying a basket, of food behind him, and an animal stuck out its neck and it consumed the food from within that basket. Now again, this is L'char Rosh We look at it as rishus hanizak, even though the person is lechar in a public domain. And we look at it as if the animal who eats from it is eating from rishus hanizak. Shem Rosh is responsible. L'char, this is a clear raya to the Psakavilfa. of Ilfa. So the Gemara says, no really no perhaps it's not a rye at all because maybe the bryce is talking about the kofetsis rashi understands means where it jumps and eats from that basket it puts up its two front legs and it eats from that basket from the food inside of it. Now the reason you're responsible is not because we look at that as Rashi Nizak and your for Shane that's considered an aberration that's considered an abnormal thing for it to do that's like Karen and that's why you're responsible Lachanam says maybe that's why you'd be responsible here but just eating from the basket eating from the other person's food. That might not be responsible, of Shane, and then maybe it'd only be Chayiv actually, because it's the concept of Karen, but not Nezek Shalim like Shane. We wouldn't look at it necessarily as Rosh Nezek, because this price is not necessarily a proof to the p'sak of Ilfa. So where is this? Where did we state this halacha of Koifetzes, that where an animal jumps on another animal and eats from it, that it would be considered Karen, an abnormal thing to do, and then you'd be responsible Rosh Hashan because of Karen? So, aha, on the following. Um Rabi Yoshaya, Behama Bershusar If you have an animal in public domain, Halcha va achlah So if it finds another person's food and it eats it, peturah, you're exempt. But the but um the Rabbi Oshaya continues, Amda Vaakhla, if it stood still and ate, so then you'll response, you're responsible. So the one says, what's the difference? If it uh, went in its way and it ate. That's considered Orche. Amda nami Orchehu. It's also true if it stood still that it's considered Orche. If it's eating food, that's considered Shane. So what's the difference? Why is it that we said, Halcha, that when you, it goes in its way, it's considered shane in your putter, and Amda Yorchaev, it's different. What's the distinction? So I'm On that Rava commented, he's talking about B'koi meaning where it just ate food that was there, it was walking in its normative way. Well, that's shane B'Shosh HaRabim, so you're exempt. The case that Yerchayev Amdava Achla is where it jumped onto the other animal or it stood up on the other animal. That's an abnormal thing to do. That's considered Keren B'Shosh Rabim, and then you'd be responsible. Now Rabbi Zera poses a, a new question, really. Rabbi Zerah says, which is unclear, I have to clarify what the question is, but Rabbi Zera says like this, Boya, Rabbi Zera, Misgal mahu, What if the animal causes something to roll or moves it along? What, what would be the halacha? So well hey, what's the case of Rabbi zero what's the Shaila the case is as follows now, I'll explain Rashi actually learns it goes both ways he says it like this there's a bundle of straw in, in private domain now again your in private domain but not in public domain so the straw is currently in private domain if the animal would go into private domain and eat there okay what the animal does is it pulls the straw from private domain to public domain, and then it eats it. So the Shaila now is, it schlepped it from private domain to public domain, and it ate it in public domain. Do we follow the place where it originally was? Now, if you follow the place that it originally was, you're Chayev. Otherwise, you should say, no, it was Shein B'Rosh arabim, and you shouldn't be Chayev. So my, the Gemara says, what will be the halacha in this case? Now, it's important to note, Rashi does say over here, again, the shaila is, do we follow the place that eats it and your potter, which is public domain, or its original place and your chayif? He says you could ask the shaila the other way too. He says it goes both ways. He says, if the animal was in the private domain and the food was in the public domain and it schlepped the food into the private domain, would you say that you follow the original place in your potter or the place of consumption and you'd be chai if... He learns the Shila goes both ways. Fine. So Tashma, let's bring a ra'ya. It says, Now, it's unclear what the case is. We'll have to see. The case is there's a bundle, or a burden. Part of this burden a food is inside, in the private domain, and part of it is outside, in the public domain. So, if it eats it inside the private domain, you're chaya for shein b'shus ha petura. If it eats it outside in the public domain, you're exempt, because that's shein b'shus rabin So, the Gemara says, what do you mean where it eats it? The assumption here is, is that it doesn't mean that it was there as well as there, it means it schlepped it. That's the point of the brysa. Doesn't it mean that it was originally in one domain and it schlepped it into a secondary domain and it ate it there? And then the brysa would be highlighting the fact we actually follow the place of consumption. So even though this item was initially in public domain, it schlepped it into private domain It ate it bifnim, and then you'll be responsible. Versus if it eats it in public domain, you wouldn't be responsible. So it seems to be we don't follow the original placement for shame. We follow the place of consumption. Good Raya. So the Gemara says, Loy, that's not the Pshat. Rather, we're talking about where this uh, this item we're talking about is going to be partially outside and partially inside. And then it ate the whole thing. So the way we interpret the brisa is The part that he ate that was eaten inside private domain, really we follow its original placement, that you'll be chayef for. And the part that it ate outside, you're going to be pater. Meaning, even if lechaira. One second. Yeah. And what was even what was placed outside initially even if it schlepped it inside, you wouldn't be responsible for that because perhaps we actually follow the original placement of it. So therefore your chayav for the item that it ate inside because it was originally inside, but the part that was outside, if it schlepped it, perhaps you wouldn't be responsible because you follow, even if it ate it inside. So you don't have a raya necessarily. Exactly alternatively, we can explain the brayas is not a raya, because Kik Amr Bichir, was talking about a different case, maybe really you'd be responsible if it schlepped it inside. That's true. But he was talking about Pipsila da Aspasta, strips of Aspasta. Aspasta is animal food. But the key about it is, is that it's it's like one long contiguous item. So the Gemara says like this, maybe in that case, Bichir said, where it schleps it inside and it eats it inside, so then you'll be responsible meaning to say one second You'll be responsible on all of it. But the only reason you're responsible on all of it is because this is an item that once it eats the end of it that's inside, it eats the rest of it as well. It's all attached. However, the shiloh we had had, Rebbe, Zerah's was posed in a scenario where you had straw. Straw are little pieces. It's not attached. So there, perhaps it would be considered that you'll only be responsible for its original location, not for the secondary location that it schlepped it, because that would be considered still as if it was outside and not necessarily inside here where it's one long piece that left it inside that would be the natural thing to occur and that's why you'd be responsible for the entirety of the item yeah, just the one second just loose, so what's inside is inside what's outside is outside right of, Ex- that's why you shouldn't be high and you shouldn't be high for what's outside, what's for, what's outside. for what's and outside for what's outside exactly and, and, Exactly, here where it's, it's one it's long a, item. If it's in a bundle, so that's yeah. how we originally explained it. Here the is saying is, perhaps it's trying to them in little pieces. Right. So if it's little pieces, little pieces, maybe you wouldn't be responsible nice. for the original part because right. that's Takah And it doesn't follow the consumption of right. Shuzayachad or vice versa, whichever way you go with it. Fine. Let's continue. Now, moving on to the second section, the Mishnah told us the following. It's Kedai to see back in the Mishnah. We were talking about Shane in the Mishnah. We said that there's a distinction when it comes to Shane if it eats something that's Ra'ila or not Ra'ilah. So he said in the Mishnah, the uh, Yetazimud base, it said, if it eats something that's Ra'ilah, for the Mishnah's example, is Peros Virakos, fruits and vegetables, so you're Chayef. Which is that nizuk again. If it ate clothing or vessels, so, Mishalim, Chatzinezek. So then, you have to pay Chatzinezek. Now, why do you pay Chatzinezek? Because that's considered Mishunah. It's not normal for it to eat. So, that's not considered a normative consumption. And that's just a Karen, Mishunah. You pay Chatzinezek. But then the Mishnah said, Bamedvar, Mamurim. When is this true? Hanizok, when you're in the private domain. But harabim, your Now, the Gemara is going to have two ways of looking at this sentence. Well, this is going to be the Shiloh. The way we look at it is like this. Either, Ahmed Tavarma Mamurim is saying, When are you chayiv on everything? Meaning to say, When are you going to be chayiv? When we said before, when do we apply this, these rules that we've said prior? When do we apply it? That's where you eat the normative things, Bershus Hanizak. When you eat the normative things in the private domain. But where you eat the normative things in public domain, you're putter other way to look at it is it applies to the entirety of the Mishnah, which means to say that when do we say you are Chayev and putter, like we said before, that's in the private domain. Chayiv again on normative consumption, putter on abnormal consumption is in private no, domain. domain. But in public domain, you're putter on public everything. Domain. Which means then it would imply that even if it did something abnormal in public domain, you'll still be putter on that. Now that's a Chiddush. Because chara where it does an abnormal consumption in public, public. domain, that's like mishnah that's like right. karen. You should be chayib in public domain. So let's see. The Mishnah is going to have two ways to read. Let's see. Ahai. So the Gemara says, when we say, Breshus Rabam your pater, what is it referring to? Is it referring to only the normative consumption? Or even the abnormal consumption? Amarav akulu. So Rav says it's talking about the entirety of the Mishnah. Now, what do you mean the entirety of the Mishnah? So it would mean that in public domain, if somebody puts their ksus and kalim in public domain, what's the halacha? If another animal goes and bites it or eats it, the halacha is the owner of the animal is going to be putzer. Now why is the owner of the animal going be putzer? The Gemara says, I don't understand. That's mishana. L'chara, that's, that's a karen. Karen b'shusha Rab m'shaev. So the Gemara is going to say a very interesting Svara. Rav's shita is, the way he reads it into the Mishnah, is that what happens is, the nizak in this case, he put out his... Uh, clothing in the public domain. Now, he did something already that's abnormal. Normally, people don't put their clothing out in public domain. Once your Mishana, i.e. the Nizak, puts out his clothing in public domain, as the Mephoshim, our school quotes a footnote there, from the Chazan Ish, I think he says, you brought the damage upon yourself, memela, if my animal goes and eats those, even though that's an abnormal thing in its Karambushah Sarabim, I, as the owner of the animal, am not responsible because you first were the one to do something that's an aberration, that's abnormal, and therefore I'm not chayah for that either. That's how Rav will read it into the Mishnah. So let's see, my taima. What's the reasoning that Rav says you'll be putzer even on the ksus and kalim damage in public domain? Because when the owner of the clothing did the abnormal thing of putting his clothing out in public, and then someone else came and did something abnormal to it, i.e., the animal came and ate kalim or Xus, Potter, he will still be exempt because the original owner of those garments shouldn't have put it there as that was an abnormal thing to do. That's Rav's shot in the Mishnah. Shmuel, amar, paris via Shmuel says like the other way to read the Mishnah. No. When it says your Pater, Rab, it's when the animal eats normative shein, fruits and vegetables. But if it eats somebody else's garments or vessels, of course you're Chayev. That's Kerem, You're responsible for that. Now, Reshlakish followed the position. So, Rav and Shmuel were in Bavel, and Reshlakish, Rabbi Yochanan, who were the big rabbis in Eretz Yisrael, they had a similar debate. Reshlakish said, like Rav, that when we say your potter in public domain, it's going both on the normative and abnormal consumption because you, as the owner of the vessel, shouldn't have put them there. And Rish Lakish goes according to another Psak that he says. Rish Lakish says a different psaq which relates to this. He says, If you have paris harabim, if you have two cows in public domain, achas maaleches, one is crouching and one is walking. Now it's not a normal thing for an animal to just stop, a you know, full stop in public domain and crouch. It's like when, when you're at the red light and it turns green and everyone's honking at you. Yeah. You don't stop in Rish Lakish. So an animal doesn't stop in Rish Lakish. So bo'ata, Rishal Kish as follows. If one kicks the other. So bo'ata mehaleches berevutza. If the walking animal kicks the crouching animal. It's not normal to crouch. So that means the crouching animal did something that was mishana, an abnormal thing. So when the walking animal kicks the crouching animal, which was already mishana Pitura. The walking animal is Pater, and it's the same Svara as Rav said in the Mishnah. Why? Because the crouching animal did something abnormal in public domain, so now that the walking animal kicked it, which should be karen, it's also putzer. But if the crouching animal kicks the walking animal, walking animal is doing something normal. The crouching animal is abnormal, so the crouching animal kicks the walking animal. that's like karamishus sarabni. You'll be chayev. So Rish Re- Re- Lakish actually equates these two scenarios. That just as in a scenario where you put out your clothing, my animal eats it in public domain, I'm potter because you did an abnormal thing to start off with. If your animal's crouching and my animal kicks it in public domain, I'm also potter because your animal did something abnormal. But Rebbe Yochanan learns the Mishnah like Shmuel, that the Petzor in Rosh is only... If my animal ate normative foods of fruits and vegetables, that's Shane in public domain. vekelem But if he ate uh, garments and kelem vessels, because that's considered keren. So the Gemara says, Leim Rebbe Yochanan less <laughs> laid the rei shlokish, afi would come out that Rebbe Yochanan would disagree with the psaq of reish Lakish of the two cows, like we learned earlier, because it seems to be he doesn't hold of the principle that when you're mishana you do something abnormal that gives you an exemption now based on the karen that occurs to to it after. So these cases are comparable and even in the case where the walking animal kicks the crouching animal he would hold that you should still be chayev not like Reish Lakish. So the Gemara says lay, lay, isle. it could be Rabbi Yochanan agrees to Reish in that case meaning in the scenario where the walking animal kicks the crouching animal actually he would hold like Reish Lakish that it would be putter. Meaning he would say in that case the walking animal is putter. Why? So he says there's a the, the, the distinction between his read of the Mishnah which is to say that in the case of Xus be versus the case of the two animals. because the case of avde de it's normal for a person to put out garments in the market and to take a rest. So therefore, Rabbi Yochanan says, that's not necessarily such a mishana, such a change, such an abnormal thing to do. And therefore, if my animal would go after and chew or eat his uh, kalem riksus, Rabbi Yochanan would say, in the Mishnah, you're chayev. avol orcha. Because that's a normal thing to do. But for animals to crouch in the market, that's an abnormal thing to do. So therefore, says the Gemara, Rabbi Yochanan perhaps would agree to Reish Lakish, where the first animal crouches and the second animal kicks it, there you would actually be potter. but in our Mishnah you would say if he put out his vessels or garments you would be chayev if the other animal eats it because that's a normal thing to do it's not as strange let's move on now, so now the second part of this section the, the Mishnah had told us a debate so, so we had as follows not debate, clarified a distinction it said as follows although your potter in, pri- in public domain if an animal uh, does shane it eats somebody else's items your potter for the overall damage but your chayev masha nehenis. That's what we said in the Mishnah. the nehenes masha nehenis. If it eats in public domain, so you're because that's the normal thing to do in public domain, but you'd be chayev to pay how much the animal benefited. Now, Bepashtus, what that means is, you're chayev to pay how much would you have paid for a meal for your animal that you saved. So whatever you would have paid for your animal's meal, that's what you'll have to pay the owner of the food that was in public domain. So the going to have a machlok is how much that is. Fine. The comma. how much is the how do we uh, calculate the cost of the benefit that the owner of the animal pays for the owner of that food? Surabba so, so, Amir. Surabba says you calculate it based on the lowest value he would pay for a meal. straw. A straw meal means I would have paid for my animal to have a straw meal, which is the lowest grade value. So, Rashi speaks out. Barley was considered a more expensive food for an animal to eat. The lowest grade normative uh, baseline food is straw. So, however much I would have paid for a straw meal, that's what I'll have to pay the owner of this food. So even if my animal ate a barley meal, you left out barley in the market. I don't have to pay you the price of barley. I would have only paid for a straw meal. So I pay you for a straw meal. That's Rava. Rava Amar de Mesa Bizal. Now Rava says, you can take it up up one notch. You don't have to pay for the full cost of barley, because I wouldn't have paid that. I would have paid for discounted barley, which Rashi learns is, if barley would be on the market at two-thirds its value, I would have bought that for my animal for a meal. Mimela, I have to pay you the cost of a meal of barley at two-thirds its normative value. So it's a little bit of a step up from the shita of Rabbah. I don't have to pay you the lowest grade, not the highest grade of barley, but I pay you two-thirds of the value of barley as that's something i would have paid for. Tanya Kavase Deraba, more says we have a price that supports raba, and Deraba, a price that supports raba. price that supports raba that says you pay the lowest grade or be mer, mishal You only pay the value of straw because that's all i would have paid and that's all i have to pay you now. That's what i was nanis. That supports too. The Braise says, we know we said in our Mishnah, if it consumes those things, you pay what it benefited. Kate said, how much do we calculate that? If it ate a certain amount of, let's say even barley, we don't say it has to pay that value of barley, the higher value rather we say how much we estimate how much would a person have spent to feed its animal something that's fitting for it. Now this language of means something that's a little more quality, a little higher quality, i.e., Barley, but at a two-thirds marker. Even if that's not something that it would be accustomed to eating, uh, meaning to say is that even if normally he would feed it straw, but he would have paid two-thirds its value to feed it barley, that's what he'll now have to pay for this meal because it ate barley. The Fikach in the therefore says, Since you're paying, says the b'risa, the value of what it benefited if it ate wheat, or something bad for it. These are foods, wheat is apparently bad for the animal. Other foods that are detrimental to to it, pitura. so then you'll be exempt because you're only really paying not the damage but rather you're paying for the benefit if it didn't benefit my animal ultimately because it damaged my animal so then I'm putter, I don't have to pay altogether okay now let's go the now gets on to a new sugya we're going to talk about the sugya then, chaser. fascinating sugya, and a lot of real world application also I was going to the third section the final section of the day I'm really Rav so, Chizda one day they met up and said, You weren't with us let last night, literally means in the border. So Rashi says either it means you weren't with us on Shabbos, you was somewhere outside of the Tchum, or it means you weren't in the Beis Madrash. Either way it means you didn't hear our discussion. What was the discussion? We were asking a very interesting thing. What was the very interesting thing? So Amar his, said, Hadar midaita. We have the following shayla. Someone's a squatter. He's living in his friend's courtyard and his friend is not aware of this. Okay, Does the squatter have to pay the landowner uh, rent? Does he have to pay him for living there or not? So the Gemara says, we have to clarify exactly what's the shayla here. Hey, chidami. Well, what's the case? La-agra. Now let's say it's a case where it's a Courtyard that was not generally lent, rented out. So this wasn't a courtyard that would make money. It wasn't the rental property. avid le'megar, and it's a person who is living there. The squatter is someone who wouldn't usually pay. A homeless guy. He wouldn't pay to live somewhere. So it says is So then the squatter is not benefiting, and the owner of the property isn't losing. Meaning to say, is there's no reason you should be chayef to pay in the first place, as the Rishonim learn, and it's Pashat, you'd be pater. So that's not a shaila. It's very interesting. That's the the angle of the Gemara. Why is he not benefiting? So the so way we look at it pay. is you wouldn't have paid, you would sleep on the street. Right. So Mela, you're living there, it's not considered something you'd have to pay for. Interesting. He would sleep wherever you can find a comfortable spot. But he wouldn't pay for it. That's the point. Right. Right. He wouldn't pay for exactly. it. Exactly. wherever. Yeah, it's leaving box. a cardboard box, exactly. Ella, so the Gemara says, rather, so I can't be where it's a courtyard that's not rented out and a person who wouldn't pay. de Kaimala agret. Must be, we we're talking about a courtyard that was a rental property. Meaning, this guy usually rented out his property. And Tosfus throws in that, I'm sorry, before we see that. So, the guy would usually rent out his property. Vigavr da'avid Megar, And the squatter is somebody who would pay for a hotel room. He'd pay for a hotel room. So the problem is, then the Henev is a chaser. Then the squatter's benefiting right. and the landowner's lo- uh, uh, losing. R- Tosas explains the reason he's losing is because people look and they see his property is occupied, so they don't inquire about it. So that's considered a loss. Uh-huh. Oh. Okay. So, so then, then Pasha, you should be chayef to pay. He didn't know, he didn't stop off- exactly. Off- the so then it's Pasha, you're a chaser, so and and you should be high to pay. But still, someone might have said. Mm-hmm. I see someone there, I'm, I'm going to go next door. Exactly. Uh, I'll buy, I'll get a room. Exactly. So, where it says, Leitzricha must be, what is the case of the Shiloh? What was the case of the Shailah in the base matters? The Milim al Yassa. We're talking about a courtyard that was not usually rented out. Okay? So, it's chaser. Let's say it right. like that. Right. But it's a person right. who, who would? would pay for a hotel room the bottom, the very bottom of the page and it's a person who would pay for a hotel room so what are we going to call this in halacha it's because he would pay so he's benefiting because the owner of the property would not usually rent it out so the owner of the property is not losing the squatter is benefiting So my, that's the Shiloh what's going to be the halacha in this case so this was the Shailah that Rav Chizda told Rami Brachama. we were discussing. So, so do we say, this was how we explained the Shailah. Do we say that the squatter can say to the landowner, what have I caused you to lose? Meaning, so therefore I shouldn't have to pay you. Or do we say that the landowner could say to the squatter, turning to "How is Hanis? you've benefited. So ultimately you've benefited, you shouldn't have to pay me for the value of benefit. And therefore we have a Shailah, would the squatter have to pay the landowner in this case? So Umar lays upon hearing this Shailah, he a this is a Mishnah. That's why we're quoting it here, because it ties into our case of the Mishnah. For the animal eats, you have to pay the value of the benefit. We'll see. So the one says, Hi So if Khiz is back to well what Mishnah are you referring to? Now, Rabbi Brahma is something very interesting. Before he told him what Mishnah was, he wanted Rav Chizda to do him an act of service. Now, why did he want him to do an act of service? Because he wanted Rav Chizda to take seriously the answer he was about to say. So he knew if he serviced him, he served him in a certain way, he'd listen to what he had to say. So it says like this. When you when you serve me, so Rami Baruch said to Rav Chizda, serve me and then I'll tell you what Mishnah it is. So Shav Kalsudrei Karachlei. So Rav Chizda took the kerchief and he folded Rami Baruch Rav Rav kerchief and he folded it up. Oh, okay. So then Rami Baruch said to Rav Chizda, the Mishnah tells us. I'm nehenis, top of the page. The Mishnah says that in a scenario of you don't have to pay for the damages caused because you're potter for but what do you have to pay? The benefit the animal got, i.e. I I saved the meal. So it says in our Mishnah, So what does it say? It says that even though, it's a little bit of a shver raya, but it seems to be like this, even though I don't have to pay the cause the damage caused. I do have to pay for what it benefited. So you right. see in a scenario where I benefit now this is the difficult part to say, even though you don't seem to lose, okay. I'll still have to pay for the benefits afforded. Right. So is alokaser is chaif. So Marav, Marav, when he heard this raya, it was very, he said it's very difficult raya. And he said with it a strong expression, how much does someone not get sick and not get overwhelmed? A person who Hashem supports him. Meaning to say is that he brought a raya and Obviously, Hashem was supporting Rami Bar because Rav Chizda should have refuted this raya. Right, he should have shot this out of the water. It means, when Hashem's supporting you, you could say things that make no sense and people won't correct you because really, Rami Bar your raya is very difficult. The Afal It's not comparable at all to our Mishnah. Meaning to say is. And Kibla minei. still, Rav Chizda accepted this raya from him, even though it's not a comparable raya. Because Rav says like this, Hai in the case of the Mishnah, zenehena is And the Shiloh that we spoke out is a case where What does that mean? It's, my food is in public domain. Right. So your animal's going to eat it. Am I not losing by your animal? Of course I'm losing. So that's not akin to the Shaila. The Shila is in a scenario I wouldn't have rented it out, so I'm not losing. How could you compare that to our Mishnah? So Rava said, the fact that Rav Chizda didn't immediately correct, it means Hashem was supporting him in his argument. Rav Khama. Rameen defended his position. He said, no, perhaps they are comparable. And he said like this, He said that when a person puts out his fruits in public domain, it's natural you're mafkir them. Because you realize, if I'm putting out fruits there, mistama it's going to get ruined. So it's natural you'd be mafkir them. And therefore, it's not like I'm chaser. Because to a certain degree, at least in a certain way, I was mafkir them. They're ownerless. So therefore, it's a raya still, again, to some degree. Because the fact that you have to pay masheneh, Means you're paying somebody. So obviously it's, you're it's, it's like your mafkir then, but the point is then it is akin to this shayla, and that's how you can bring a raya that you're chayev. But the Gemara does not seem to appreciate this raya, and therefore, even though he seems to have gori mafkir lehu, the Gemara now goes on with a series of proofs trying to resolve this shailah. We'll move on now to the second raya, which is a Mishnah in Mesechis Pavavasra. Now, this Mishnah Tanan, we're about to quote to try to support this to, to, to draw a side on this Shiloh goes as follows. If you look at the uh, picture in Rashi, you could appreciate it. Art School has a better picture than, I mean, a different picture. But what you have is like this. You have Reuven, as you see, the owner of the outer fields. He owns three properties that surrounds one property of Shimon. Now, Reuven builds an outer set of walls surrounding his property from the general populace. But then he also builds three walls separating his property from the property of Shimon, okay? Now, what the Mishnah is going to say is, Shimon can say, I don't have to pay you for the value of those three inner walls. Why don't I have to? Because ultimately, you didn't uh, fence in the fourth wall. So still, my property is essentially open to the public. You haven't really done me much. The Mishnah is going to say, based on that, the implication would be that if Reuven would fence in the fourth wall, Rashi would explain, in the situation where Reuven has the fourth property around the other side also, that Shimon would then have to pay for all of the inner walls, because now there's a real benefit that's afforded to Shimon. The Gemara is going to say, Lechorah, this is of Zalachaser, because Reuven was going to build them anyways. So he's not being chaser by Shimon benefiting. And yet, Da'alachah Lechorah is going to be, Shimon would have to pay for the inner walls. So it seems to be Zenahenev, Zalachaser is... Let's see that inside. It's not. The Mishnah says, mm-hmm. Reuven's fields surround Shimon on three sides. And then Reuven puts up a fence, the inner fence, on the, the area between Reuven and Shimon's properties on all three sides. Shimon's not Chayev to pay because still it's open on the fourth side, so the benefit hasn't really been afforded, says the Gemara but that's mashma, if he put up the fourth wall, which is da'alacha, then Shema will be responsible to pay for the inner walls, all four of them, because now he's receiving benefit, even though Reuben would have built them anyways, because he wants to do it for his own privacy. He doesn't want Shimma to see into his property, etc. So mele says the Gemara, is v'zelechaser, chayev. You see from this that where one benefits. In this case, Shimon's benefiting. Even though Reuven's not losing because Shimon's benefiting, he would have built those walls anyways. Still, Shimon should be chaif to pay when he puts up that fourth wall. So we've resolved our Shiloh. In this case, the squatter should be chaif. Says the Gemara, it's not a Raya, because Shani Hassam, maybe it's different in that case to Omar Lee, because Reuven could say to Shimon, At garam talia keifa yisera He says like this, If not for the fact that you lived within my properties, I wouldn't have put up any inner walls, so really you're the causation for putting up of those inner walls altogether. So there's a separation between our properties. So maybe then Shimon is responsible to pay Reuven because there is a certain loss by having Reuven by having Shimon in middle over there. It's actually zechasser by having Shimon there. But in our case, he wouldn't have rented out the property anyways. There's no loss. Maybe you shouldn't be so That's not a raya you caused me the extra wall that I'm putting up Melo Mebizchayef Tashma the third Raya which is actually from that Mishnah the, the, the dissenting opinion I'm Rabbi Yaisi Rabbi says he disagrees he says if the Nikif he says if Shimon got up and he built a fourth wall after Uving put up the first three inner walls. So then, then Shimon will be responsible to pay for all four inner walls. Now, Shimon, uh, Rubiosi disagrees with the Tanakhama. He says, if the outside owner put up the fourth wall the shimon would not be responsible it's only because the nikif the one inside who's being surrounded put up that fourth wall showing that he's interested in this that's why he's responsible to pay for all four so again, mars is like this time de god or nikif the reason that shimon is responsible because he put up that fourth wall but if Reuven put up that fourth wall. The implication is, Rabbi Yossi would say, Shimon does not have to pay for the inner walls. So again, Shmami You see that even though Reuven's putting it up, he's not losing and Shimon's not, sorry, he's, the, the, Shimon's benefiting. Reuven's not losing and yet the Allah has his patzer. You see, zanehen v'zalai patzer. So Mariah says, no, it's also not a Raya, because Shani Hazmat is different in the scenario of Rabi To Omar Le, because Shimon can say to Reuven, ledidi sagili benetira Barzuza. You can say it like this. For me, the fact that there would have been a fourth wall there, I would have been sufficient, Rashi learns, with a one Zuz thorn wall, with a little bit of bushes separating our property, you decided to go build a big strong uh, stone wall, that's not something I'm going to have to pay for. Meaning, I would have paid for something much cheaper. So there, if you put up a nice wall, I'm not going to have to pay for that. Now, Lechor, the Rishonim speak out of here, he would still have to pay the cost of a cheap wall. But the point is, that's not the scenario here, because actually Shimon could say to Reuven, I wouldn't have paid for that. I wouldn't have. I don't have, to, I don't have to pay for that. Exactly. And therefore, I don't have to pay for the more expensive wall that you built. Again, it doesn't touch on our Shiloh. So Tashma, let's bring a ride from Mishnah B'Av fourth proof now, to try to prove which way we go with Zen. H'Av Mishnah B'Av is like this. You have a two-story building. Reuven owns the lower story, Shimon owns the upper story. Let's just say they own it, it's easier to work like that. So what happens, a hurricane comes, destroys the entire property. Now Shimon wants to rebuild, but he owns the upper property. So he tells Reuven, look, build your lower property so I can build my property on top. Now Reuven refuses to build. So what's Shimon supposed to do? He doesn't own the airspace of the lower property. So the mission in Baba Baba says like this. shall If you have the lower story and the upper story owned by two different people, shnaflen it collapsed. Amr livnos if the owner of the upper story said so Shimon says to Reuven, build your lower property. The Hueno But Ruben doesn't want to build. Okay? He wants to leave it as is. So the owner of the upper property, Shimon, is allowed to build the lower properties. He spends a million dollars and he could dwell in the lower property so long as Reuven doesn't get involved. Until Reuven gives him the cost of the expenses to build the lower property, then Shimon will vacate, he'll get paid, and then he'll build his upper property. Beautiful. That's the Mishnah. Now the Mishnah says like this, clearly it says, says like the Gemara says like this, it says Reuven has to pay Shimon Yitzi'osa. I mean, let's say it cost a million dollars to build that, that's what he has to pay Shimon. It does not say that Reuven and Shimon take into account the rent that Shimon was saving during the time that he lived in that lower property. It means let's say for just, for argument's sake, it's $100,000 a year to rent that kind of a property. We don't detract the rent from Yitziosa from the overall expenditure, which means Reuven pays Shimon a million dollars. Let's say Shimon lived there for three years. He doesn't have to pay three three uh, $300,000 before he vacates the property and gives it back to Reuven. But if Reuven built the lower level... Shimon. Let's say Shimon. Shimon lives on the top. No. Shimon lives on the top. Mm-hmm. But if Reuven built yeah, the lower level... Yeah. The Reuven didn't. But, but if yeah. he did, yeah. Shimon would... Build on, Up top. on top, on top, 100%. But, but in this, in, uh, hold on, hold on. But in the meantime, he benefited from living in Ruven's airspace. Hold on, that's yeah. very good. And he does not have to pay rent. We don't detract $300,000 for the last three years away from a million. So let's see that inside. One second. The is to pay. The expenses, but the rental, the three hundred thousand dollars that that Shimon benefited by living in un, unpaid uh, free rent for the last three years, Shimon does not. It's not deducted against Shimon that he is, doesn't get from Ruven. So now this would be a scenario of Zena Henev, Zelei Chaser. L'chayra, Shimon's benefiting by being there. Ruven was not going to rebuild right. anyways, right. so he's not Chaser. So to Gemara, Shema no, Henev, Zelei Chaser, Potzer, this is a Raya. When one benefits, the other doesn't. The other doesn't lose your Potzer. Raya Tar case. Gemara um, says, Shani has, no, it's different in that case in Baumatzia. This is far like this because the lower story to the upper story is responsible, meaning to say, he has to build in order for me to get back to my my normative place, my upper story. So long as you don't build or you're not involved in paying me, I have the rights to live here because I am Khasser actually because I can't get up there. So I'm, that, I'm being nana, that's true. But it's not really considered anana because I can't live in my place, mehla, I don't have to pay. Whereas in our perhaps we'll say that you would, maybe you'd be chayev actually by of zolei chaser. So Taj let's bring a, fo- a fifth proof now. And this is in that same Mishnah about Matziah. Rabbi says, he argues. Rabbi in there, also this guy means the Baal Aliyah, the one in the upper story the Bach takes out the hay. He's living in his friend's courtyard, meaning in the lower story. Daita without his knowledge. He would have to pay rent. So, Rabbi Yehuda has a dissenting opinion. He says, No, actually, we would detract how much Shimon would have to pay for rent away from the expenditure Reuven has to eventually pay him back. So, says, bring the Gemara says, Shimon's benefiting. Reuven's not losing because he wouldn't have built this up anyways. So, you see Rechayab by The Gemara refutes this and says, No, it's different in this case because the idea is, is if you have a new property, and generally, living in a property without causing it damage, we don't look at that as chasser. that's not a loss. But if it's a new property, you just built a new lower story, it causes the walls to become blackened, meaning to say now it devalues it in a significant yes. way versus where you're just living in something like the case of our Shila, He had an open field that happened to be there. You're living there. You're not causing any loss ultimately. So maybe that's why you wouldn't be chay, but here you would be because you caused the new property to be broken in, which is something that you'd have to pay for. Okay. So ultimately we brought five Rayas and it's unresolved. So Gemara now tells us actually an Amaroic event that happened in relation to this. So Shaqhua be Rabbi Ami, they sent this Shaila to the Baseman Rabbi Ami. What's the Allah by Zain Ah Zalikhasar in our case? So Amr Rabbi Ami said, what did he do to him? Uma khasra, what did he cause him to lose? Uma hazako, how did he damage him? Meaning Pash your potter. Zain hen of the squatter doesn't have to pay. They sent the Shiloh to Rabbi Chia Bar Abba. And Rabbi Chia Bar Abba Omar, he said, We have to analyze this matter. Meaning, it's not clear if you're Chayav or not, and I don't know the answer. So, they sent the Shaila again to Bar Abba. So he got a little bit annoyed. He said, oh, Why do you continue to send me this Shaila? If I would have found a good reasoning, a good argument, would I not have sent it to you? Meaning, I don't know the answer. That's why I haven't sent it to you. Kitsur, so we have Rabbi Ami saying your are Pater. Abba wasn't sure. And the Gemara quotes in Amorayik Machlokis, trying to show this as a debate. So, Itmar of Kahana, Amor um, Rabbi Yochanan, within the position of Rabbi Yochanan. Rabbi Kahana says in the name of Rabbi Yochanan, "Ein tzarch la'halos lo sachar. We say he's potter; he doesn't have to pay rent for squatting. Rabbi Avoh, Amor um, Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Avoh, Rabbi Yochanan said, He does have to pay for the time that he lived there. Amor of Papa, had Rabbi Avoh la Itmar. Rabbi Avoh said he needs to pay. That zeh neheniv zeli chaser wasn't said clearly by Rabbi Yochanan. Rabbi deduced it from a story. Story that happened. So, before we see this inside, there's the Mishnah Mi'ilah, as we're about to say. Okay, we're gonna have to pause, but um, yeah. So, the Mishnah Miela discusses a scenario where a Gizbar utilizes an item, again, Beshogig, without realizing. Now, we know that the halacha is something that's dedicated to Hektish, it's usher to benefit from, because that's Hashem's property. There's different ways you could be chaya for mi'ilah, whether you benefit a Shavupruta's value or you transfer it out of the domain of Hektish. What's unique about the Gizbar, though, is if somebody dedicates something to hektish and puts it in the domain of the Gizbra, the representative of hektish, it's in his domain. So therefore, even if you would pick it up, that would not yet be chayev for Meila because it's still within his domain, which is essentially representative of the domain of hektish. Versus if someone else had hektish in his property, Who's not the representative, when he picks it up, he's kind of bagba and you'd be responsible immediately for that transfer out of Hektish when he picks it up. So the Mishnah Me'ilah elis is as follows It's not. Not If the Gizbar took a stone or a beam of Hektish, Harazalimal. He's not Chaya for picking it up because his domain is the domain of Hektish. Nas no However, once he gives it to his friend, he barters it, he uses it for some transaction. Again, this is B'shogeg. He is chayev for meila because he deconsecrated it through the transaction. His friend is not chayev for mi'ilah because he accepted something that was already deconsecrated. Continues the Mishnah. If the Gizbar built it into his house, he's not chayev for meila Again, because L'chorah, we're going to see, he didn't do a physical change to the item, so there's no drastic change there. And also, he didn't benefit from it yet until he lives under that beam or that stone, a Shavah pruta's value of benefit, and then he'd be responsible for me'ila. Fa'amar Shmuel, and Shmuel commented on this Mishnah, he said, it's Mishnah in Chagiga, or me'ila. Shmuel commented on the Mishnah, he said, v'hu shehinicha al The case is where he put it at a, on the opening of a skylight, it means he didn't affix it, to his house, if you would have affixed it, that's a physical change, you'd be chayev immediately. You're only chayev when you live there. Hashabah Pertah's value when you don't build it into the wall or physically affix it, you just put it as a covering for a skylight. That's what Shmuel commented on the Mishnah Meila. And Rabbi Yavo was sitting in front of Rabbi Yachan he told over Shmuel's teaching. And he said the following Rabbi Yavo commented, Zoysem Meris, it says, based on Shmuel, he seems to be saying, Zoysem Meris had dar bechatr haveroi shaloi daitai, that if somebody lives in his friend's property without his knowledge, he still has to pay him for the benefit of living there. Now Rash explains what's the comparison because it's as if it's shalamei das hektish, meaning in our case in Meila where is commenting, it's as if it's without the das of hektish, which would mean without das of Hashem, and therefore you when you do sit under that item of hektish, asha pruta. so too when you live in your friend's property, even though he's not chaser, without his nadas, you should be responsible. So Rabbi Avoh told Rabbi and it would appear, zen heneb z'le is is The shasak lay, and Rabbi Echeren was quiet. So iusavar Rabbi Avoh assumed that the fact that Rabbi Echanan was quiet, he was admitting, he was agreeing to that psak, but the Gemara says v'lohi, that's not true, because there could be another reason someone's quiet. Ashguche Layashkhbe. He wasn't paying attention to Rabbi Avoa's conclusion. Kids are as Rabbah explains. Because Rabbah explains, hektish without intention is kehejut midas domi. Is comparable to a hegit with das. Means Hakurish Borhu is hektish. And of course Ashrash explains, Dash Khina Ika, Hashem knows what's going on. So therefore, it's as if Hakadosh Baruch is aware, like a regular person who's aware, and that's why you'd be chayav to pay. But where it's zena of perhaps you wouldn't be chayav to pay, meaning it would be kehagit midas in this case, where he's saying, no, I don't want you to benefit from it. So of course you'd be responsible if you're nane Pruta. But in a scenario where you squat in your friend's field, where it's shalom midas, perhaps you wouldn't be chayav, and this would not be a proof. We're stopping here, top of Alif amud aleph. As Hashem will continue discussing this concept tomorrow with daf Aleph. In the meantime, everybody have a wonderful day.